Good morning. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, the host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As you can probably already tell, we're breaking away from the norm this morning because of a horrifying incident which took place at the Honda Center in Anaheim last night during the game between the Anaheim Ducks and the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Obviously, this story has rushed through the masses, and I will do my best to keep it straight and report exactly what happened. Last night, during the first period, Jay Bomeister suffered what is being currently described as a cardiac event. I'll speak more about that in a second. Now, originally, I had planned to have a fun show today talking about last night's game and the annual dad's trip for the Blues. However, Knowing that previous fact just makes the whole story that much sadder. With that said, I'll do my best to describe all the goings-on that took place last night. Before the game, it was a fun atmosphere to be around as the Ducks are currently riding a 5-game point streak. So the mood was positive. There were plenty of Blues fans inside the pond. Yes, part of a game did in fact take place. Just to quickly run down the game... Devin Shore nearly put the Ducks ahead in the first three minutes of the game, but his shot rang off both posts. Only about two minutes later, Adam Henrique deflected one in off a Hampus Lindholm shot to make it 1-0 Ducks. Two minutes later, Ivan Barbashev scored the game-tying goal off a Ducks turnover. The Blues were celebrating that goal, and it was shaping up to be a fantastic game. And then tragedy struck. I'll try to explain this as succinctly as possible, so bear with me. With 7.56 left in the first period, Jay Bomeister had just finished his sixth shift of the game and immediately sat down on the bench. Six seconds later, the puck went into the netting and triggered the second TV timeout of the period. With 7.50 showing on the clock during the first period and seconds after the media timeout had begun, Jay Bomeister at first went down on one knee and then immediately collapsed in the Blues bench area. Right away, several players were calling for a medic and we could tell something was horribly wrong. From my vantage point, I was looking across right into the Blues bench and could tell something was wrong when all the Blues players either went out onto the ice or seeked medical staff from across the bench. About 15 to 20 seconds later, the Ducks medical staff immediately got to Jay and began checking his vitals. Almost right away, the emergency medical staff in the Yellow Jackets, or the EMTs, rushed in from the Zamboni entrance and brought out the stretcher just in case. Just seconds after they arrived, the medics began performing CPR on the Blues defensemen. At this point, nearly every Blues player left the bench area and skated onto the ice to make room for the medical staff. Every player except one. As I took that picture of the situation, I noticed that Colton Pareiko stayed near his fallen teammate. That's something to note as Colton and Jay are comrades in arms. They've been on the same defensive pairing pretty much all season long. And when you're on the same line with someone, you begin to develop a special bond with that teammate. Seeing Pareiko stick by Bo Meester's side throughout the whole ordeal, was both tragic and heartwarming. After a minute, every Ducks player was on the ice, with almost the whole blue squad, and players were trying to console each other on the ice. 
Colton was seen putting his hands on his head as if to express horrifying concern. At this time, the AED, or Automated External Defibrillator, was brought out and used on Jay Bomeister as he was still collapsed in the Blues Bench area. Unfortunately, this was in clear view of many young Blues fans who were seated right by the bench, so they saw the whole incident occur. After about four minutes, the medical staff was able to safely transport Jay Bomeister through the visitor's tunnel and get him into an ambulance. When that occurred, we could see both teams tapping their sticks onto the ice, and the crowd gave what can only be described as a solemn applause. As I had mentioned last night, there was a very eerie silence during the situation once the Ducks and Blues fans realized what was happening. For about a 10 second time frame, that was the quietest I had ever heard Honda Center, and for about a second, the silence was so palpable that you could hear a pin drop. Both teams then headed to the locker rooms. Nick Delorier and Ryan Getzloff were seen talking with the two Blues alternate captains, Alexander Steen and Ryan O'Reilly, trying to assess the situation. Then Colton Pareko joined in the conversation before they too ultimately headed to their respective locker rooms. By the way, I have to give a quick shout out to the Ducks fantastic organist, Gil Ember, for playing when the Saints go marching in, which is the Blues goal song, and in fact the Blues play that on live organ. That was a very, very classy gesture on his part. He continued to play some Blues-related songs at a lower volume just to ease the tension at the Ponda, and his efforts should be very much appreciated. So, Gil, if you're listening, thank you so much for your excellent playing during a scary situation last night. It did not go unnoticed, and the fact that you kept playing several minutes after the medical emergency for the Blues fans showed the ultimate class that we are all one big hockey family. So I just thought that warranted mentioning. Back to the situation at hand. Phil Hewlett was finally forced to announce that a medical situation had occurred and more information would come regarding last night's game. Many fans were confused by what was going on. In fact, there were several fans that had barely arrived, wondering why there wasn't a game going on. The whole scene in and near the stands was, well, surreal. I had never experienced anything like it. Some fans that saw the whole thing were a bit shaken up and just praying that Jay Bomeister would be okay. People were on their phones trying to find out any, any information. Finally, it was first reported by Eric Stevens from The Athletic, and here's the quote. Quote, An NHL security just told me that the St. Louis Blues and Anaheim Ducks have agreed to postpone tonight's game. Obviously, major concern regarding Jay Bomeister. End quote. And that tweet uh, was you know, soon after the whole thing had happened. And almost immediately, I sent that tweet out and it would take eight minutes after that original tweet was sent out that the Ducks PA announcer, Phil Hewlett, had to make the unfortunate announcement that the game had been postponed, but that James Bomeister was alert and being transported to the hospital. So that was good that the fans knew that he was alert, which could only mean that he's at least alive and getting treatment, and that's relatively good news. Before heading into the first intermission, here was the announcement that was flashed on the Jumbotron, and I did get a picture of this, and I'll just read it verbatim. Quote, 
Due to the medical emergency involving Blues player Jay Bowmeister, tonight's game has been postponed and will be made up at a later date. The Ducks and Blues, thank you for your understanding. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. This will only be a two-segment show today as we were supposed to be covering last night's game versus the St. Louis Blues and the Anaheim Ducks, but instead we're covering the tragic, tragic situation last night regarding the St. Louis Blues defenseman Jay Bowmeister. Uh, Immediately after the game, you know, going down the tunnel, and I retweeted this, uh, there were a couple former London Knights teammates, uh, the Anaheim Ducks' Max Jones and the St. Louis Blues' Robert Thomas, they were embracing each other after that scary incident. And just to quote the tweet, it said, hockey is a brotherhood, end quote. I thought that was very nice to see, you know, even though they're on opposing teams now, they are former teammates. And as I said in the first segment, we're all one big happy hockey family, you know, just trying to support each other through something scary like that. A uh, half hour after the game, there was a... I guess, statement out from the Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong. And here's what he had to say. Quote, Jay Bowmeister suffered a cardiac episode and collapsed on our bench after completing his shift. Thankfully, with the quick response of our medical trainers, Anaheim medical trainers, and their team physicians, they were able to stabilize Jay. He was alert and moving all of his extremities as he was transported to the UC Irvine Medical Center. Currently, Jay is conscious and alert as he undergoes further testing by Anaheim's physicians. We will update Jay's condition on Wednesday morning. End quote. And that was from last night. And then this morning, uh, there was a quote put out, or there was a tweet put out, saying that no further update is expected from the Blues on Bullmeister until after the team arrives in Las Vegas later this afternoon. So keep an eye on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter where I'll hopefully have more information as it becomes present. So that is the current situation as to what's going on. Once again, that was a quote from the St. Louis Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong. This is a scary situation, folks. I've, you know, unfortunately, we've seen this happen in the past. And it, in fact, happened in the American Hockey League recently. And I'm just going to talk about stuff that's happened you know, in the past, this brings back memories of Yuri Fisher. Uh, this is a flashback to 14, no, 15 years ago now. Uh, this took place on November 21st, 2005, where Yuri Fisher, also a defenseman, he collapsed on the Detroit Red Wings bench at the old Joe Louis Arena, also during the first period, and that was a game against the Nashville Predators. Uh, what happened was Yuri Fisher kind of slumped over on the bench. He was unconscious for about six minutes, and he had to be resuscitated by CPR and an AED device. That game was obviously postponed. So that was just a very, very scary incident. Uh, Going back to 2014, uh, we go back to, I believe it's March 10th, 2014, when the Dallas Stars' Rich Peverly, he collapsed on the Stars' bench. That was also a scary situation. Uh, where he was brought back to the hallway for treatment. And he also experienced a cardiac event 
and he was successfully treated. You know, he was given chest compressions. He also had a defibrillator on him, and they brought a rhythm back to his heart. Uh, what it later turned out to be was something irregular, uh, some kind of irregular, I guess, heartbeat going on. And he had to miss the rest of the season. Obviously, he has not played since. And then this brings back another incident that happened just about over three years ago in the American Hockey League. This took place on November 2016, where during the pregame ceremonies, the Tucson Roadrunners captain, Craig Cunningham, he fell onto the ice. And that was an extremely scary situation, probably the scariest out of all of them. He was very, very lucky that there were already fire department people out on the ice for the pregame ceremony. Uh, The medics were out there right away. From what I remember, Craig Cunningham was getting CPR and chest compressions done on him for 83 minutes. That is 83 long minutes of doing chest compressions. You know, blood was filling into his lungs And it was starting to go into his kidneys, and his kidneys were starting to fail him. And what ultimately happened with Craig Cunningham was that he had to eventually get his part of his leg amputated. So right now, Craig Cunningham only has one of his full legs, but he did survive. Miraculously, Chris Cunningham survived that very, very scary incident, which was also described as some kind of cardiac event. And to see this happen live in person, it's just beyond words. Another scary incident in the National Hockey League. And I'm going to read from an article. Uh, This article is by Jeremy Rutherford and Eric Stevens, both from The Athletic. And I'm just going to read some of what was said here. You know, talking about the Bowmeister incident and then past incidents. I'm going to quote this. Quote, Officials tended to Bowmeister for several minutes as players from both teams stood on the ice near the bench area. Colton Paracco, Bowmeister's defensive partner, was the only one who remained on the bench. And at one point, he clutched his helmet with both hands as he watched the scene. End quote. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Paracco, I did notice, was on the bench. And a few people did notice that Paracco was right there with him. Um, just more from that article from The Athletic. Quote, Blues players changed from their uniforms, and as they left the rink, Petrangelo and David Perron politely declined to comment to the Athletic. End quote. Obviously, players did not want to talk to the press after the game, and that is within their own rights. You know, I had a feeling that no players wanted to talk. They just wanted to, you know, be in their thoughts and just console each other. And that's pretty much all you can do. The worst part about the whole thing, this was during the dad's trip. And as I pointed out uh, in the first segment, you know, all the dads were seated in a suite across from my view. So I actually had a perfect view of the dad's suite. And they were going berserk when they tied the game at one. When that situation happened, I took a quick glance at the suite level where all the fathers were. And there was just an absolute look of horror. And about a couple minutes after... Uh, Bo Meester was sent to the hospital. I could see Bo Meester's dad down on the ice level, and that was his father, Dan, who was in attendance. He was in that suite. Uh, he did go with his son to UC Irvine, which is not far from Honda Center. And UC Irvine Medical Center is a fantastic facility. 
you know, I'm sure we're going to hear updates from there later on this afternoon. Once again, I'll have that on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. Fans from around the league, players from around the league, they send their condolences. They send their prayers out to Jay Meester. And speaking for myself, I send my thoughts and prayers. And we all send our prayers to Jay Meester and his family and, of course, the St. Louis Blues. The whole team did stick around Irvine. You know, many players went to the UC Irvine Medical Center just to be around his fallen teammate. I think that is very classy. Um, the team is going to leave later this afternoon. You know, they'll arrive in Las Vegas late afternoon. It's just scary. It's very scary. Um, I'm going to quote something else of importance from that same athletic article regarding the previous incidents that has happened in the National Hockey League. Quote, This is the third such incident to occur in an NHL game in the past 15 years. In 2005, Detroit's Yuri Fisher collapsed on the bench and immediate attention from the Red Wings medical staff was credited with saving his life. The NHL strengthened its emergency medical standards after that incident, requiring each team to have two doctors near the benches at every home game and at least one trained in hockey-specific trauma management or advanced trauma life support, ATLS. Each club was also required to have one automated external defibrillator or an AED on the home bench and another in an ambulance. In 2014, the Dallas Stars' Rich Peverly also experienced a cardiac event and was stabilized after the use of a defibrillator. That incident led the league to mandate that each team have three doctors at each home game and at least one must have training in ATLS and advanced cardiac life support. Those measures quite possibly could have saved another life, Bo Meester's last night in Anaheim. End quote. Reading that just, it sends chills to think that this could happen once again. You know, third time in 15 years has happened. You know, Fisher, Peverly, Cunningham. Now Bowmeister's on that list. And, you know, we just send our thoughts and prayers to the Bowmeister family and hope for a complete recovery. Uh, Jay Bowmeister is 36 years old. He'd been in the league for over a decade. Uh, he had a streak of about 700 consecutive games at one point. But right now, he's just trying to live a, the rest of his life, really. Uh, once again, Jay Bowmeister is 36 years old. You know, the medical staff, the doctors, the EMTs, everybody did a fantastic job handling that emergency. They were the heroes last night. They did a great job just trying to stabilize Jay Bowmeister. And from what we read this morning, uh, Jay Bowmeister is in fact in stable condition currently. Uh, this can be found on the LO Ducks Twitter. Uh, right now he is stable. He is still at the UC Irvine Medical Center. And again, we'll have more updates later today. And in fact, this update uh, this morning from the St. Louis Blues Twitter. Quote, Blues GM Doug Armstrong will address the media with an update on Jay Bowmeister this afternoon in Las Vegas at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. It will be streamed on the St. Louis Blues Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. End quote. 
So that is our final update for now on the scary, scary incident regarding the St. Louis Blues 36-year-old defenseman, Jay Bomeister. Uh, with that, um, I thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to this and be sure to keep an eye on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter for more information regarding Jay Bomeister. Uh, with that, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day and say a prayer for Jay Bomeister and his family. Have a good day, everyone, and stay strong, St. Louis.